0: Fridays. In this episode of Freedom Fridays, we're going to answer the question, what does God want from me? And actually, he answers that very directly in the scriptures, so he doesn't just leave it up to our imagination as to what he wants from us. He spells it right out, and we're going to start with a verse that spells it right out for us and gives us the outline for what we're going to talk about today, and that is in Micah, chapter 6 Micah chapter 6 beginning in verse 6 with what shall I come to the Lord and bow myself before the God on high so he's asking the very same question what does God want from me when I come to God what how does he want me to act what what does he want me to be like um, what does does he want me to bring something um, what does he want from me shall I come to him with burnt offerings with yearling calves does the Lord take delight in thousands of rams, in 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I present my firstborn for my rebellious acts, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? So he's saying, what does God want? Does, does, he, want, does he really like all of the sacrifices? Um, is, is that what really turns God's crank? Um, is he, does he want me to give him my children kind of like samuel was brought to the temple and given to the lord um, to serve him for the the remainder of his life is that what god wants verse 8 he has told you o man what is good and what does the lord require of you but to do justice to love kindness and to walk humbly with your god Those three things, those are really what God wants from you. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning on Freedom Fridays. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To do justice, to love mercy, or to love kindness, excuse me, and to walk humbly with your God. Well, let's take a look at that first part, to do justice. This is in short supply in our society today. Um, people are more interested in feelings and their their how they feel and such than they are about true justice. Um, our feelings don't produce what justice is. First uh, Samuel 15, Saul um, is going on a mission, and uh, Samuel says, God wants you to wipe out everything and Saul disobeys and keeps back part of the spoils that he's supposed to destroy. And in chapter 15 and verse 22, Samuel said, Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. And so he's telling Saul... Saul. it, it doesn't matter that you say that you kept these things back in order to sacrifice to God which is questionable to begin with whether he really did that or not I I highly doubt it Um, but even if he had Samuel says this isn't what God wants from you he wants obedience he wants you to to honor him to do justice justly exactly what he he asked you to do Um, proverbs chapter 21 and verse 3 says this to do righteousness and justice is desired by the lord more than sacrifice so the wise book of proverbs tells us that god wants us to do righteousness and justice and when we see injustice being done, we should stand up. We should stand up and say, this is wrong. And, uh, and we should fight for the side of justice, true justice. Ecclesiastes, right after the book of Proverbs here, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, at the very end of the book of Ecclesiastes, where he's looking at, Um, Some of the meaningless things in life and some of the, the things that we do that are just frivolous. And he comes to a conclusion about life in verse 13. The conclusion when all has been heard is fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. He's saying the conclusion of everything that Solomon looked at as to the meaning of life and what to do in life and such is fear God and keep his commandments. Do justice. Do justice. Hosea chapter 6. Hosea is all about the love of God, even in the midst of faithlessness and rebellion against him. Um, Hosea is a picture to his wife Gomer as the unrelenting love of God even even when she was unfaithful to him time and time and time again Hosea chapter 6 verse 6 says for I delight in loyalty rather than sacrifice and in the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. He'd rather have a relationship than for you to give him gifts. Besides, what would you give God that he doesn't already have? He can can roast bulls on his own. He doesn't need you to do it for him. It doesn't make any sense. Um, He says, I'd delight rather in loyalty than sacrifice and knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. And then down in Mark, Chapter 12, starting in verse 29, Jesus answered the foremost. He's talking about here, what commandment is the foremost of all, is the question that he's answering. The foremost is, hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. He starts out with what they call the Shema in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And he says, you know, God is one. God, God is a unity. And you should love him with all of your unity. All of you, all of the, the, the person that you are. Your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, everything about you. You should focus on loving God what does God want from you to do justly and it's just to honor him and to serve him to obey him to love him with everything that we have he also says to love mercy and uh, in Matthew chapter 5 where we talk about the Beatitudes at the beginning of Matthew chapter 5 And the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, he says this in verse 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So you can do justice, but not have mercy. And he's saying you need both. You need to be kind to people. You need to be compassionate with people, not just cold, hard justice. Um, Cold, hard justice is needed, but it also is needed to be couched with compassion and kindness and mercy. And he says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Luke chapter 6 and verse 36, he says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. The reason that we need to be merciful is because God is merciful with us. You say, well, I don't see that. Well, then you need to look at the cross because God's mercy was poured out for you and for me at the cross. We did not deserve for Jesus to die for us, but out of his grace and out of his mercy, he took our sacrifice or took our punishment and was the sacrifice for our sins so that we could receive the blessings of God that we do not deserve instead we deserve the punishment of God we deserve the wrath of God we deserve torment in hell and instead he has given us mercy so just as he is merciful so should we be merciful as we are relating to other people as we uh, come in contact with people as people fail us because we are going to fail others. And just as you want mercy, you need to give mercy. When people fail you, and when people fail me, we need to turn around and say, what would Jesus do? Well, we know what Jesus would do. He would forgive because he has said, forgive. He has said, how many times should you forgive until you lose count? That's the whole idea behind the passage of the 70 times seven. It's not that you keep track until 490 times are done. It's that you lose track. By the time you count to 490 times that they've wronged you, you lose track. And so you just keep on keeping on and giving mercy, just like we have been given mercy. Let's go to Ephesians in chapter four, down in verse 32, Paul says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Be kind to each other. What do we do when someone wrongs us? What do we do when someone has a different of opinion than us and that they uh, it's on something that that is not scriptural we're kind what do we do when someone wrongs us just flat out we bless we're kind we're tender-hearted we forgive even when they don't ask for forgiveness Remember, Jesus is the one that sought our forgiveness, not the other way around. He came and paid the penalty for us when we did not seek it. He drew us to himself because of his love. We love not because we loved and and we somehow deserved it and and such, but while we were still sinners, While we were still rebellious, Christ died for us. And so we need in that same manner to forgive others even before they ask for for that forgiveness, even if they never ask for for that forgiveness. We need to forgive others. We need to be kind, tender hearted, realizing but that without without grace, that could be the same. That could be me doing the same things, going down the same path, the same road. I need to be kind and tender-hearted for people. My heart should break for the sin of the world. My heart should break for the sin of my neighbors and my family. And I need to forgive them because I have been forgiven. And if I'm really honest with myself, I have been forgiven way more than than i deserve and i've been forgiven way more than i am asked to forgive others and so if i really get a good grasp on what my sinfulness has done to christ i should realize i'm just doing what he has asked me to do but he is the one who's really done the serious forgiving here and so we do justice we follow justice we we follow righteousness as much as possible that's what God wants us to do but he also wants us to love mercy and kindness and goodness and compassion he wants us to to serve other people put other people in front of ourselves to put other people as more important than we see ourselves and then he says, to walk humbly with our God. Going back to Matthew chapter 5 again in the Beatitudes, in verse 3, the very first part of it, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now he's not saying blessed are, are those who um, who are down and out, um, that, that think that, that the world is falling apart. That's not the concept here. The concept here is that their view of themselves is humble. They're not overly viewing themselves. They're not thinking of themselves more highly than they are, Um, but they're seeing themselves as God sees them, a sinner, but a sinner that's saved by the grace of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom Of heaven you are blessed when you are humble now our world does not see things that way at all but then again we don't see things as the world we're following the path of God we're not following the path of the world it's very countercultural to follow the path of God and he's saying the world may see it this way but this isn't the reality the reality is that humility is what God seeks in people. Luke chapter 18, and uh, down in verse 10, Jesus gives a parable here, an example um, on how people were righteous in their own eyes. Down in verse 10, two men went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Now, What was he thinking? I can understand the first part of that, potentially. God, thank you for saving me from a life of sin and and such. But then it's pretty arrogant to turn and say, or like this guy here next to me. That, that's pretty rude. Uh, verse 12, I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. Now he's, he's trying to say how wonderful he is. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, This man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. And so Jesus is saying, I want humility. If you are humbled before God, he will exalt you. And really, which would you rather have, your own exaltation or God's exaltation? Which one do you think will be better? Which one do you think will be more complete? Which one do you think will be more accurate? Um, Just boasting about ourselves may feel good in the moment, but uh, uh, it's going to end up backfiring. It always does. And here Jesus is saying that you should humble yourself before God. In James, in chapter 4, Um, James says this down in verse 10 humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you again in first Peter chapter 5 starting in verse 6 Peter says therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. What does God want from you? He wants you to love people. He wants you to do justice. He wants you to be humble. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Freedom Fridays.